Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.33 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott here in for Bob Stoffer on Oilers Now. Guests of the show receive gift cards to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris, it is the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie and the staff that Oilers now sent you. Part of the thing when I host the show is obviously I'm not working for the team like Bob, so I don't necessarily have all the insider information. So rather than uh, continue on with all my speculation, we're going to bring aboard our regular Monday contributor, Sportsnet's John Shannon. John, how are you doing today? Good, Brendan. How are you? Doing well, thank you. So we're uh, we're kind of twiddling our thumbs over here, wondering if there's anything new on the search for a uh, head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. I'm wondering if you have any updates for us. Well, it, now it's only been five days, right? So, but come on, I think we have to be a little practical <laughs> about it. And and Kenny's been spending some time uh, in Bakersfield and San Diego with the American League team. So from that perspective, I think he's probably. Uh, creating or compiling a list, um, checking it twice, and then uh, trying to figure out uh, his next steps. So I think that we're probably going to hear about in the next few days uh, whether whether and what kind of interview process he will be going through over the next little while. Front runners, uh, based on popular opinion, are definitely Dave Tippett, Todd Nelson. Are there any other names that uh, seem to have popped up for you, or is uh, are we looking at kind of a short? He mentioned he wants a shorter list for sure, but is there anybody else to add to those two? Well, I mean, obviously Tippett to me is is uh, the one that uh, uh, has been rumored to be around in Edmonton. He has interviewed already in Buffalo as well. And so you have to wonder about that. There's a couple of other names I think that you have to think about, and I'm not sure that uh, I'm, I'm sure that Kenny's getting phone calls on them, and he has to decide. But Todd Richards, who's former head coach in Minnesota and Columbus, who's been with John Cooper in uh, Tampa the last couple of years, certainly uh, in my mind deserves a, a look. And uh, and and you know the, he, whether he goes off the board, and I think it would be rather difficult to think if Kenny goes off the board. Lane Lambert who uh, was a Red Wing draft pick, uh, and I'm sure he's very familiar with at some point, who's been with Barry Trotz, both uh, in in all three cities, in Nashville 
and in Washington and Long Island, um, uh, who is going to get an interview in Anaheim, uh, is uh, also somebody that probably deserves some, some consideration. Are you of the belief, John, that uh, the core players should at least be included in the, in the conversation, the guys that they uh, identify that they want to build the team around? I think we all knew who they are. Um, but but is it, in your mind, something that they should be at least in the loop about in terms of who they might be looking at? Uh, you're saying that the, the players fun. should be yeah, the players just, should be involved? Uh, Connor in particular. But yeah, do you think that the players should have their opinions heard in, in terms of the search for the coach? No. I think they should probably be informed at a certain point. Uh, but the reason Ken Holland was hired was to create a, a new regime, a new culture, um, and and to create confidence. And I, 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 the moment you start to open it up to um, committee discussions and who you like, who you don't like, that's, that's a difficult one. I do think that Connor, and I, and I put an asterisk beside it, I do think Connor's in a little different world uh, in that uh, he's such a focal point. Uh, I think Bob Nicholson in his time has done a really good job of, of keeping Connor abreast of things and how things are going. But uh, the moment they hired Ken Holland and Ken Holland talked about culture and people, uh, this is Ken Holland's decision. John Shannon uh, from Sportsnet on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline right now. Um, John, is there any more clarity on whether Keith Gretzky is going to be pursuing uh, a role with this team or, or fall back into the role he previously held, or are we still uh, quiet on that front? Well, I, again, I, I, you know, Brendan, we're, we're five days into this, okay. and I, I think Ken Holland is still trying to learn all the names of the guys that are in the organization. Uh, you know, my understanding would be that Ken would like to find a place for Keith within the organization. Uh, again, I can tell you that in the interim time that Keith was uh, the acting general manager, people were very pleased with what he did and, and how he carried himself out. And, and I, in that time, when even when I was in Edmonton, what, what Keith did was he, was he he created a much higher profile in that short period of time in and around the team than Peter did. Um, so from that perspective, I think people have been very pleased with Keith. And in many ways, this might be Keith's decision. Uh, I fully expect that at a certain point, Ken will find a place for Keith, and then Keith will decide whether he wants to stay. Uh, and I'm not sure that we, we know all of those indicators yet, Brendan. Do we, uh, we'll shift gears a little bit here, John, and we can talk about uh, some of the goings around elsewhere in the league the Carolina Hurricanes are, uh, I don't want to say a shell of who they were in the first couple of rounds, but they are in tough against Boston. Um, do you think that they just match up differently in terms of the Bruins and maybe having the advantage over the Hurricanes? Or do you think that it's uh, it, Boston's just a tough barn to play in, isn't it? Well, well, Boston as a team is, is certainly difficult to play against. I, I think that's the bigger story there. Um, and if you look at the strengths of where the Bruins are in goal, Tukarask has been remarkable, not just in this two games, but uh, throughout the previous two series, I think Rask was, was very impressive. And the other thing is, I think yeah, you really, Brendan, you have to look down the middle. If you look down the middle, and I can tell you that Boston's four centers are Bergeron, Krejci, uh, let me look at my list here, Charlie Coyle, and Shane Corrali. And then when you look at what the uh, the Hurricanes put up there, uh, Sebastian Ajo, Jordan Stahl, and then you got Lucas Walmart, 
and Greg McCaig. And, and, I mean, I, I don't know about you, Brennan, but I would take the Bruin centers. <laughs> uh, and, and that's not a knock at Walmart and McKay because the other two guys, Ajo and, and Stahl, are very good. But when you talk about depth, the Bruins do have more depth, particularly at center, and I think that's an important thing to realize. And now that they have Charlie Coyle back, they were able to get one game done without Coyle, and now Coyle's back, and the blue line seems to be, you know, in prime position. They had six scoring points yesterday. So the Bruins right now are a little scary. That said, Carolina has not lost at home in these playoffs yet. Um, they they have a different personality at home. Uh, and I would suspect that uh, we're going to see a, a, a bit more fight in the Canes in games three and four than we saw in Boston in the end games one and two. What is your take? Because the, the the teams that are left in the playoffs, they seem to still bring uh, maybe a heavier brand of hockey than some others who have since been eliminated, much to the opposite of how a lot of people were thinking that the game was shifting. There is still a, a place for that heavier style of hockey, and it's almost necessary to find a good blend of that, I think uh, is fair to say. Would you agree with that? I, I think that the word you just used is a, a really key word, and that is blend. I think that you have to be able to use speed when you need it, and I think you have to be able to use your physical attributes when you can do it. And that's really, when you take the four teams that are left, um, I would tell you the two fastest teams are the teams in the East, and the Bruins of the four teams left might be the most physical. Uh, and and so from that perspective, the, the, the two teams in the West, St. Louis and San Jose, they seem to play, they, they're almost mirror images of each other. They, they are deep. They don't play as fast a game. They can be physical. And right now, it's those young guys that are on the Sharks that are making a difference uh, with their play in the offensive zone and their forecheck. But from, certainly, in my opinion, from a, from a physical perspective, how to hit and when to be hit, uh, you have to give the Bruins a, a definite advantage. This is John Shannon on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Uh, one of the headlines that's becoming more and more of a headline as this uh, World Hockey Championship goes on, John, and I don't know if you've paid attention that closely, but Capo Caco is uh, starting to become a standout at this tournament. Um, do you think that a quality performance here at the World Hockey Championship could ultimately have him leapfrog into the number one uh, draft pick spot, or is it a bigger sample size needed, do you think? That's a good question. Um, obviously, Finland lost to the United States today, so I, I don't know what you put in, in, in stock in that. And I do think you have to go through the whole body of the tournament. Uh, we all know that uh, this round robin portion can sometimes be easy, although Kako has been he's been pretty impressive in the, in the Finnish games. Um, it, that it, it's funny. I was I actually sent Ray Shiro I know I wanted to know if he was already over there. Or is he watching from uh, from New Jersey still? Uh, I didn't get a response, by the way. Um, and, and you know, the decision, first of all, I don't think you can make a bad decision between the two. Um, but the decision, Kako has certainly made, I think, some inroads into the decision-making process. And really the team that wins this one is the New York Rangers, who don't have to worry about picking first. They're going to pick second and be fine with it. That's a really good point, John. Um, now let's we'll jump back to the Oilers here with with respect to the draft. A lot of shuffling, but we have in terms of who's ranked where. But we've had some callers asking: uh, Do they do they go and try and bolster their wing depth, or if there's one of these elite uh, centers or possibly elite centers out of the Western League, is that where they look? 
one of these things where Holland likely needs more of a time to assess what he's got before they they make a firm direction. Yeah, that you know that's a really good question. First of all, we all know that Ken has been involved all year long in um, player evaluation, whether it be in Europe, whether it be in, in the junior, or whether it be in college for the Red Wings. So it's not as if he's going into the draft cold for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, the draft position between the two teams isn't that much different. So from that perspective, uh, they were probably dealing with the same pool of players. Um, it, it, philosophically, I think you have to look at, you know, can if you're able to find, you know, either a quality defenseman or a center first, uh, then you the, and you, you you take the center first, and you take you take the best one possible. Centers are so difficult to find long term, and then what you do is then you say, okay, if we have that center, and and then we'll go from there. The interest. The other thing is though, Brendan, and this goes back long before the press conference for me, uh, but this goes back to: Are you or are the Oiler fans expecting that first round pick? to play for the Edmonton Oilers next year? And the answer, you better not be. Um, you know, it, it, it be, that becomes the key issue. You know, Kenny, Kenny uses that famous word, or that famous hyphenated word, open, over-ripen all the time. T- teaching teaching uh, the kids how to play professional hockey, or if they're still in junior, uh, that becomes another issue. So for me, this is one where... You, could, you may be talking about the draft on June 21st, but we're not talking about playing in October of 2019 for the Edmonton Oilers. I don't think, and I and I and I would I would challenge every Oiler fan to get that out of their head at this point. The player that's going to be drafted in the first round, do not take stock that he will st- be in the starting lineup in October. That's uh, that's excellent, John. I, you know what? I I tend to agree with you. And and for Holland to come out right out of the gate and say, "Look, like we need to have these guys maturing in the AHL." To me, that was an acknowledgement that that hasn't taken place here in Edmonton. But also a sneak peek into his philosophy. It's also easier to develop the players when you have a, a farm program that's performing the way that Jay Woodcroft has the Condors performing. Is that fair to say too? Yeah, I think so. And I think I, I think this has been. Uh, and I haven't talked to Kenny in the last couple of days, but I, I think being around this team has been probably been a pretty good revelation for him on how Jay conducts himself and how the organization uh, conducts uh, their on-ice performance in the American League. Let's face it, getting to game six after being down the way they were, uh, to, in my mind, is is pretty darn impressive. I mean, what, what we got a four-overtime and a double-overtime game for Bakersfield in this series alone. So these kids are playing a ton of hockey, Hopefully they're learning a bit to how to play at an intense level. Guys like Benson, Josh Curry, who we saw a few times during the regular season in Edmonton. Ryan McLeod's had a chance to get his toes into the water in the American League. And Evan Bouchard, who, you know, has got a bright future in Edmonton. But don't take stock that he has to be in that starting lineup to start the season. Let me finish with this as we uh, wrap up with John Shannon here from Sportsnet. If you're conducting coaching interviews, is Jay Woodcroft on your list based on the year that he's had? No, it's too early. Okay, uh, it, it's too early. I, I, I think the challenge, and and again, this is all speculation on my part. The challenge will be to make sure that Jay stays in the organization. I think that he's opened a ton of eyes, both inside and outside. 
And when you see what Jay has done, you know that he has the qualities to be an excellent coach. But one year in the American League as a head coach does not make you NHL ready. And, it, and to me, again, like Kenny Holland talks about players, it would be great to see Jay Woodcraft in the American League in Bakersfield, in the organization, for a couple more years before we start talking about him being a head coach in Canada. Great stuff, John. Appreciate you taking the time, and we will uh, be in touch soon, my friend. You didn't, you didn't ask me one question about Kawhi Leonard. Well, I didn't know you were a basketball guy. Well, we can end right here. Was that the greatest moment in Raptors franchise history? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And the question becomes, is he the greatest non-hockey athlete ever to play in Canada? I think he's got to play more than a year here before we determine that. What do you think? I think he's the greatest non-hockey athlete I've ever seen play in Canada. There it is. John Shannon talking basketball here on Oilers Now. Thanks, John. Right on. See you later, Brennan. Next time. All right. That is John Shannon from Sportsnet on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. We're at 1248 here. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Edmonton, we will step aside, get to some more texts when we come back. It is Brendan Escott in for Bob Stoffer on Oilers Now. This is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6:30 Shed. It's Brendan Escott in today for Bob Stoffer, 12:51 in Edmonton. Canada playing the Slovaks right now at the World Hockey Championship. They are trailing. Two to one with a couple minutes left to go in the opening period. Uh, just trying to dig up who's got the goals and whatnot. Uh, we'll try and figure that out as we go. But in the meantime, we will get to uh, a couple of texts on the Heartland Ford text line. 630, 630. Uh, you can text me too. Who, who's your leading head coaching candidate? Is it somebody other than Todd Nelson? Do you not like the idea of Todd Nelson? Let me know what you think. 6.30, Mike in St. John's, Newfoundland. How about Sekera and $3.5 million of a salary, plus Poyarvi to the Flyers for number 11. Flipping that, plus uh, Clefbaum for a top six forward. So you offload Poyarvi, Sekera, and Clefbaum, and you pick up the 11th. No, you flip the 11th as well for a top six forward. That is a pretty hefty price to pay. And I do believe, I do believe if you look at a team like Winnipeg, for example, or possibly even Toronto, that you're able to get a a scoring winger for a little bit less than that because the cap crunches those teams are under is going to drive the price of those players down. I'm looking at you, Nikolai Ehlers. Speaking of which, out of Edmonton, how about Bear and Pugliarvi for Ehlers? Reunites him with uh, Line A. 
Pouliarvi is saying, and saves the Jets some money. The Oilers get a scoring winger. Listen, I do believe that Ehlers is very much in play here. I think Bob has kind of alluded to a player like that being on the uh, the radar of the Oilers. We don't. We're not going to have a clear picture, and if if that wasn't abundantly clear after the conversation with John Shannon, it should be now that there is really not much new, not much we can say, and not much that we understand yet about how Holland is going to approach things this summer. We do know he's got to figure out a cap situation. We uh, we do know that they need more scoring. So how they go about getting that remains to be seen. But there are going to be some names available, and I do get the sense that he's looking to move some bodies off of this back end, a luxury they now have because of how they've drafted and uh, and developed over the last couple of years. So uh, time and time again, we've said it. You can't completely write off the Peter Shirelli era, and you've got to give uh, Keith Gretzky a lot of credit, and now he's stocked the cupboards on the back end in particular. They don't even necessarily need to bring back a defender in return. They have enough right now, and, and this is going to have to unfold in training camp as well. But there's there's some players down there that could easily win a training camp battle with Caleb Jones, Legison, perhaps even Joel Person, though we haven't seen too, too much of what he can do, but they did sign him. So they've got options, and uh, if they can move some cap space off the back end, then it becomes less pressing to try and move all $6 million of Lucic's deal. Might not be what you want to hear. But uh, again, we'll have a lot more clarity, I think, in the coming weeks as Ken Holland uh, has more and more time at the helm. Scott in Edmonton says, Ehlers, Mr. No-Show in the playoffs. How did that work for Calgary with Neil? Ehlers is younger, for sure, and has I have more upside, I would say, is, is my response to that than James Neal. But I nobody would have predicted James Neal's year to go the way that it did. Brian S. in Edmonton says, My ears liked what they heard when Holland mentioned liking speed. Cousins can really skate. I don't mind them taking Cousins at all. Yeah, hey, and, and John's, John Shannon mentioned it too. They are, they're in a position where they can all, in all likelihood, take the best player available, whether that's a winger or a center. Obviously, it's more pertinent for a need on the wing, but... If a center's there, you take him. I just really like what I've seen out of Ryan McLeod. I think they're going to have a player there. I see a uh, lo- long-time listener, Wyatt, has texted in to let me know it's my turn in our fantasy draft. Thanks, guys. We'll get on that in the news break. Huberdeau and or Hoffman will be available after they sign Bobrovsky and Panarin. I don't think Huberdeau will, but Hoffman might be an option. Given what transpired in Ottawa, is that a player you want on your team? That's something else you've got to consider. If you're trying to build a winning culture, I personally believe that a lot of that has to do with the character. What kind of character does Mike Hoffman have? Was he the victim of a bad circumstance? It's not my call. Forget about the money. Let Lucic play, says this texture out of Red Deer. We're going to want him if we ever make the playoffs. That's sort of the point that I was getting at, and I know that everybody thinks that we're placating and carrying the water. Lucic is a very serviceable player at the right time in the right situation when he's got his motor going. And I'm telling you, though, the way that with this playoffs have played out this year, that's a body that I want on my team heading into a playoff series, which Ken Holland mentioned he's targeting for next year. I do believe that they keep Lucic. They don't have a lot of veteran voices in this room. It's a young team. I don't think there's anything wrong with keeping Lucic around if nothing, if for no other reason than that. 
but people come on this show week after week and say, hey, quit underrating what he brings to this team. Everybody knows the money's bad, but the people in the hockey world say keep Lucic. And that's why I think the Ken Holland will. 12.56 in Edmonton. We will check in on the junior hockey ranks. Talking about Oilers prospects, we've got Ryan Holt. He's the voice of the Bakersfield Condors coming up at 105 at 135. AJ Jakubek, the voice of the Ottawa 67s and the OHL. Yeah, they fell four straight games. They lost in six to Dmitry Samarukov in the Guelph Storm. 135, we'll hear about Samarukov's incredible playoffs. Right now, we're off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.